2: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor.
0: Slow down in life and do what David did when he did in psalm 16:6 6, psalm 16:6 6, he says the lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places yea i have a goodly heritage you know if we really look back properly we'll say you know god has made that for us the lines have fallen unto me in pleasant places and we, and we won't be saying oya my doisty you know we see the good hand of the lord and say the lines have fallen to us in pleasant places will be able to look forward with confidence and say, I got a great future. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. It's another way of saying, you know, if the Lord has made the past this wonderful, the best is yet to come. And the best that was yet to come is what David talked about in the 23rd Psalm when he said in Psalm 23, 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And the best is... I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So in that famous 23rd Psalm there, David, he talked about enemies. Let me tell you what God does with enemies. He spreads out a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It makes the enemies angry, but that's what he does. It was in the presence of his enemies. It was every day, every year of David's life. And he gets to the end of his life, and in Psalm 37, 25, Psalm twenty-seven twenty-five, 25, he says, I've been young, and now I'm old. Well, I can identify with that. (laughs) Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. David, looking back over his life for 10, 20, 40, 60 years of his life, could not remember one single day when he saw the redeemed forsaken and begging bread. The goodness of God. That's the goodness of God. The goodness of God is seen universally around us. Paul said in Acts 14:17, Acts 14:17, nevertheless God left not himself without witness and that he did good and gave us rain from heaven, fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. Food makes me very glad. How wonderful is rain? I mean, how wonderful is rain? How wonderful are fruitful seasons? How wonderful is it to see lemons form on the tree after the winter? How wonderful is food? How happy food makes us? That comes from God. That's a witness of the goodness of God. The Lord is not just tov. The Lord is not just good. The Lord is hesed. The Lord is loving kindness. And we've just put past the end of the year, and at the end of the year, is when David had the practice of slowing down, reflecting back on the, on the last year, and says in Psalm 6511, Psalm 6511, Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. Now, after Naomi has seen all that Ruth brought home, Naomi says, and her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where wroughtest thou? This is Naomi. You picture Naomi. She's going, details, details, details. (laughs) You can't just walk in here with all this stuff. Give me details. You know, I want to, I want to, where did you glean today? Where did you beat those? This is the FBI. This is the Family Bureau of Investigation. So, but before Naomi learns anything about the details, before she even gets an answer, she doesn't ask first. Before she does that, she pronounces a blessing with the words in verse 19, blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. See, before Naomi even knows the name of the person who enabled Ruth to gather so much, she blesses the person. Naomi's generous with her blessing. Wait, is this the same Naomi? Wait wait, wait. chapter one, verse 19, is this the Naomi who we're talking about where it says, so they went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, is this Naomi? And she said unto them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, the Lord hath brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi, which means pleasantness, as seeing the Lord hath testified against me, the Almighty hath afflicted me. She didn't want to be called pleasantness anymore, she wanted to be called bitter. Is that the same Naomi? who wanted to change her name from pleasantness, uh, Naomi, to Mara, bitterness. Naomi's changed. Naomi has changed. Naomi, she's the one who wanted to change her name to Mara, bitterness, because she saw that all of her problems, uh, blaming God, she says, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, the Almighty. It's his fault. He dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full. Look, he brought me home empty. Call, Call me thy Naomi, seeing the Lord's testified against me. The Almighty afflicted me. She could not be pleasant at that time. She, could, she wasn't pleasant to be around. She was not Naomi when she said, I went out full, the Lord brought me home empty. The Lord testified against me, the Almighty hath afflicted me. For Naomi, at that time, it was all about her problems. It was all about, oy, am I toisty? Eh? When Naomi focused on her problems, she was not pleasant to be around. She was not Naomi to be around. But when Naomi talked about in verse 20 how someone had taken knowledge of Ruth, Naomi's pleasant. Naomi is Naomi to be around. When Naomi stopped talking about how God had mistreated her and started to pray for God to bless others, then Naomi recovered from her disease of bitterness. And that's the best way to rise up out of depression, to rise up out of discouragement, Pray for others. You know, yesterday or a couple of days ago, I wake up with a mole my itching and a black dot in the mole. And I go, oh no. And I call five dermatologists till I finally find one who could cut it out, you know, within that hour. <laughs> I was in a state of, wait, do I have a suspicious looking mole? And right in the middle, I got a call from a person who was experiencing a loss of leg movement and he wanted me to pray for him. And I stopped and I thought about what I really wanted the Lord to do for him And like Naomi, I prayed for God's blessing on him and I stopped worrying about my mole. And so, anyway, Naomi has stopped with the chapter 1, verse 21, the Lord testifying against her and afflicting her. She stopped all that. And now she's progressed. Now she's risen. In chapter 2, verse 29, blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee, it brought Naomi out of her own personal bitterness. Naomi is generous with her blessings. That before, she doesn't even know who she's blessing, but she's blessing. Hmm? But how Naomi describes the person she's blessing, it shows that Naomi has seen that this person has true kindness. This person has true kindness because Naomi describes the person as taking the first step of true kindness, looking at the condition of Ruth or taking knowledge of thee. What Naomi said about Boaz is what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. Our dearest friend, the Lord Jesus Christ, took knowledge of us. As it says in the hymn, he saw me plunged in deep distress and flew to my relief. For me he bore the shameful cross and carried all my grief. See, the Lord Jesus Christ, he saw each one of us. He saw each one of us. He saw how each one of us had plunged into our own personal grief. And his response was to fly to our relief. And our relief was his cross, which was shameful for him because he was carrying all of our grief. Why did he do that? Why did the Lord Jesus Christ accept the cross? Because he took knowledge of our desperate condition of being lost in our sins. That was also wonderful for Ruth. Think of her. She comes home to a changed Naomi. This is a great day. And Ruth showed Naomi all that happened that day. And the man responsible, she says, is Boaz. Now look, in verse 20, blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. So what Naomi says now in blessing is just not the same as what she blessed in verse 19. See, in verse 19, Naomi is calling a blessing on the person who took knowledge of Ruth But in verse 20, Naomi is again asking for him to be blessed. But in verse 20, Naomi is now talking about the Lord. She's talking about the Lord when she says that the person should be blessed of the Lord. And then she describes that the Lord has not left off to show kindness to the living and the dead. See, in verse 20, Naomi is using the same sentence construction that Melchizedek used when he blessed Abraham, In Genesis 14, 19, when Melchizedek blessed Abraham in Genesis 14, 19, it says, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. You know, Abram didn't possess heaven and earth, that was God, which is how the same construction that David used in Psalm 115, 15, he used this in several places, but he said to Israel, ye are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. So when Naomi said, that the Lord hath not left off his kindness. She's talking about the loving kindness of the Lord, which is what makes the Lord so precious to us. It's this chesed, it's this loving kindness. In Jeremiah 3.13, Jeremiah 3.13, he said, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Was loving kindness. It was the loving kindness of the Lord that was David's basis for coming to God and asking forgiveness for a sin. How does a man ask forgiveness for the sin of raping a wife and murdering her husband? But he did. He came and he asked for forgiveness for his sin against Bathsheba, for his sin against Uriah. When he said in Psalm 51 1, Psalm 51 1, he said, Have mercy upon me, O God according to thy loving kindness, thy chesed. He said, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. And we, so, so we can just picture the joy and surprise that Naomi had when she hears the name Boaz. It's Boaz, Boaz. Naomi looked at Ruth and says, Boaz? <laughs> you can see Naomi's mind. She's beginning to process the fact, Boaz, that Ruth has encountered, and she begins to explain To Ruth, look, Ruth, I know you're a Moabiter, so i got to explain to you some very unusual laws that we have here in Israel and that God had instituted these laws to care for the poor, and she's going through Leviticus 25, and Naomi explains to Ruth about Boaz. First of all, she says to her, Naomi says to Ruth in verse 20, the man is near of kin unto us. So in other words, Naomi told Ruth, Boaz is a close relative of ours. And she didn't know. Ruth didn't know. And then with the next statement in verse 20, she says, one of our next kinsmen. Now, the Hebrew word translated kinsman is a very important word. And that's the Hebrew word Goel. Goel is the word that's translated kinsman. When Naomi used the word Goel, she had to explain to Ruth God's laws for the Goel, the Goel kinsman redeemer. See, there are the laws that God put in place for the kinsman redeemer, the Goel laws, the Goel laws for the kinsman redeemer. So Naomi tells Ruth that Boaz was not only a Goel or a kinsman redeemer, but but he's one of our near relatives. He says he's near of kin unto us in verse 20, one of our next kinsmen. So what are these laws that related to Boaz? What are these laws that Ruth had to learn from Naomi about the Goel kinsman redeemer? Well, they're very detailed, several places, but especially they're in the 55 verses of Leviticus 25. Leviticus 25. Now, we're not going to go through all 55 verses now, so I'll just tell you some parts of it. What's so great about this passage in Ruth that we're studying right now is that it allows us the unique opportunity to see these Goel kinsman redeemer laws in action. See, this goal, there was a goal, several goals in these laws, but one of the goals had to do with land. As it says in Leviticus 25, 23, Leviticus 25, 23. The land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine, God said. For you are strangers and sojourners with me, and in all the land of your possession, you shall grant a redemption for the land. So the Goel kinsman redeemer law was a provision for the case when a person fell into hard times and when a person sunk into poverty. As the next verse explains in Leviticus 25, 25, if thy brother be waxen poor and hath sold away some of his possession, and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. See, God said that the land of Israel belonged to him. That's the first point. He says, listen, this is my land. You know, all the world's his land, but anyway, especially, okay, the land belongs to him, and he gave it to the tribes of Israel section by section. You can look in the back of your Bible. You know, Some of them have the map of Israel and it'll show this tribe has this section, this has that section. And so he gave each section to a tribe and within each section, he gave a family a parcel within that section, the families of that tribe, the parcel. So land in Israel was inherited wealth. If a family had its land, a family had adequate wealth to sustain themselves by living off the land. And the parcel of land that God gave to each family was their inheritance. That was their inheritance. But sometimes family fell into hard times and had to sell their land. They had to mortgage it away. Sometimes a family fell into such hard times that a person actually had to sell himself into slavery so that he could provide for his family. Those were the hard times. And then the family lost his land as the land was mortgaged away. And then the family lost his inheritance as someone else got their land. And then a person lost his liberty and his freedom as he went into slavery, into bondage, slave bondage. Now, Naomi had lost her land, and she was forced to sell it. And you can see this in chapter four, verse three, where it says, and he said unto the kinsmen, Naomi, that has come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Eli Melech. So she sold her husband's land. her deceased deceased husband's land. So Naomi and Ruth were so reduced to poverty that Naomi was forced to sell a parcel of land that was her deceased husband's. That's how Naomi lost her land. That's how Naomi lost her inheritance. When Naomi had lost her land, when she sold it, Naomi lost her inheritance. Now Naomi was in no condition to buy back or redeem her land. And when this situation happened in Israel, God wanted the family to regain their inheritance that they had lost. So God set up these Goel kinsman redeemer laws, and here's how they worked. First, there had to be a person who was a close relative. Only he was qualified to be the Goel kinsman redeemer. Second, a person, so in other words, this means that a person who was not a close relative could not be the Goel kinsman-redeemer. It had to be a close relative, and that's what Naomi told Ruth when Naomi said in verse 20, the man is near of kin to us. Okay, one of our Goels. Now, uh, Boaz was qualified to be the Goel because he was a close relative to Naomi and to Ruth. The Goel close relative would then buy back the land and restore it back into the family inheritance. The Goel restored the land that was lost and if there was a widow a childless widow there was a childless widow as in the case of ruth then the goel would marry the childless widow and have and raise children with the with that widow and they would be counted as the children of the deceased husband so the goel would be the redeemer who had recovered what was lost by hard times recovering both the inheritance and the seed, and the progeny, that the deceased husbands, uh, had he not died. So in order for the Goel to fulfill his role as the kin's redeemer, he had to both buy back the land that was lost and marry the childless widow. Uh, she didn't have any children yet, see? And so we can see this dual requirement in action here of the Goel buying the land and marrying the childless widow and having children with the childless widow when Boaz presented to the other potential Goel, there was another one, in Ruth chapter four, verse five, Ruth four, five, then said Boabs, what day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. In other words, he says, you've got to marry her. I guess he didn't want to marry her, I don't know. I'm glad I don't have any brothers, but anyways. So, (laughs) So there are 10 very important points There are 10 very important points that we want to see, we must see, if we're going to really be blessed by God's laws here of the Goel Kinsman Redeemer. 10. Okay, first, number one. The Goel Kinsman Redeemer laws were set up by God for the time when a person fell into destitution, just absolutely destroyed. A person is making his way, is motoring his way through life and then he falls into a state of helpless destitution, and that's the time when the Goel laws become the person's only hope, only hope. The Goel laws did not apply to a person who had not fallen into destitution. The Goel Redeemer, Kinsman Redeemer laws were for the destitute person who was absolutely helpless and needed help beyond himself. And the Goel laws are not for a person, who was not destitute, and who could redeem himself. That's the first point. The second point is that the Goel kinsman-redeemer laws were for the benefit of the destitute person. They're not for the benefit of the non-destitute. They're for the benefit of the destitute person. And the third point is, the Goel kinsman-redeemer laws required a close relative. They required a near kinsman. He had to be the redeemer. An outsider could not qualify couldn't qualify. He could not become the Goel Redeemer, but the Goel Redeemer had to be a close relative. Fourth point, the Goel Kinsman Redeemer laws were not forced on the potential Goel Redeemer. They weren't forced. Just because a person was qualified to be the Goel Redeemer did not obligate that person to be the Goel Redeemer. He had the option to choose to become the Goel Redeemer. He had the option to choose not to become the Goel Redeemer, which is what actually happened here to the other candidate in the fourth chapter of Ruth. He chose not to become the Goel Redeemer. The Goel the goel had to have true kindness. He had to have true kindness. He had to go, he had to the four stages. He had to look and listen to the destitute. He had to feel the pain of the destitute. He had to plan to fulfill the role of the Goel, and then he had to do it. He had to step forward and act to fulfill the role of the Goel. Fifth point the Goel Kinsman-Redeemer laws were designed to recover a lost inheritance. That was the design, recover a lost inheritance. That's what, that was their goal. The inheritance had been forfeited and lost, and these laws were to recover. Sixth, the Goel Kinsman-Redeemer laws were designed to free a captive person. Free a captive person. They These were laws to, to free the captives, set him or her at liberty again. Again, the captive person who had sold himself into slavery had no way to liberate himself, had no way to redeem himself, and the Goel laws were put in place as a mechanism for a close relative to liberate him. And the seventh, the Goel Redeemer laws were a way to be freed from a debt. These laws were for the destitute who had a debt they couldn't be paid and the goel took this debt he didn't have to have pay and eighth the goel redeemer laws they burdened the goel with the debt and the obligation of another he didn't do anything wrong the goel and he hadn't fallen into destitute but he had to suffer some consequences for what the other person did pay money or whatever